Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. We're in day two of five live shows from Radio Row here in Vegas for the Bud Light Big Game Week. If you were listening to Michael Phillips, you can rewind on the Odyssey app, MP on the mic from 10 to noon. You heard my unfortunate sad story about poker last night. I was up big, had a stack that was nearly $400 worth of chips, and I went home empty, but with three slices of pizza when I just paid for one. So you know what? It's a happy ending. The pizza's banging, and I'm happy about that. So we've been talking about Dan Quinn throughout the show today. We'll continue this commander's conversation. We've got the Richmond commander at 1 p.m. taking your phone calls on the best of Dan Quinn during his introductory press conference. Did he get you fired up? What are your expectations for year one? 833-804-0910. Then we'll turn it over to the NFL. We'll go around the NFL with NFL hits, the biggest stories from Radio Row. 49ers practice facility issue. That was a big talking point yesterday. The fact that this Super Bowl is a Super Bowl rematch. Going to be kind of interesting comparing and contrasting these teams from their roster back in 2020. I will air my conversation with Steve Spagnola, who is, of course, the defensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and I don't think people are talking enough about how good that Chiefs defense has been this season. Just a reminder, the Baltimore Ravens had the best offense all season long with the quarterback that was the MVP in Lamar Jackson, and they were held to 10 points. 10 points in the in that big game. I mean, are you kidding me? That's how locked in this Chiefs defense is. Uh, Legereus Sneed, uh, Chris Jones. I mean, they've got playmakers at all three levels, from the defensive line to linebackers to the cornerbacks. And Spagnola is known for blitzing. And, and I was just sitting in uh, on the press conference yesterday when he was being you know, harassed by reporters about what makes his blitz scheme so difficult and, and what you're trying to accomplish by a blitz. And really, there, there's so many different answers to that, right? Like sometimes you're blitzing to get the sack. Sometimes you're blitzing to get the quarterback to get rid of it quickly. And sometimes you're blitzing so that you're going to hold the opponent behind the line of scrimmage here or hold them uh, from getting the first down. There's different reasons why you call blitz and from different elements of the field. So that's going to be a good conversation with Steve Spagnola. But Will Compton claimed the commanders are back. He's sitting down with Grant Polson uh, right now on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. from Bussin' with the Boys podcast. I spoke with him yesterday live from Radio Row. Here's Will Compton, the former linebacker for your Washington Commanders. Here with Will Compton, Adam Epstein, 910 The Fan. Saw you walking in. You said we're back. Commander's back? The Commanders might be back. I love the hire of Coach Quinn. I know it's like people are back and forth on it, but what I, what I like about it, number one, back when I was with the Skins um, and we were playing Atlanta in the preseason, there were coaches like Shanahan, LaFleur, uh, guys on the other side. Nick Williams was a little receiver at the time. He was on the other side. But that year and him them being there and then during that Super Bowl run, they talked about how Coach Quinn handled the culture and everything else and how much they absolutely loved it. Uh, and the second thing I like is he understands the division. Yeah. He, he knows he knows that it'd be Philly. He clearly he was with Dallas, so he was behind enemy lines. So I love that he's leading uh, the Burgundy and goal with the with the Washington Commanders. So I love the hire with Coach Quinn, and uh, we just got a uh, 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 Kingsbury. Yeah, which look I thought EB was great, and I was 
hopeful that he would stay because he's obviously has a very proven track record. But again, I think uh, Cliff, like he's got a very offensive mind. Obviously, people say what they want about head coaching, but head coaching the coordinator is a different beast, and I think coordinator fits uh, Kingsbury to be with with DQ in in Washington. Dan Quinn reminds me of like Pete Carroll mixed with Dan Campbell. Do you see that a little bit, like a young at heart kind of coach? Yes, and a lot of the culture is the Pete Carroll esque. So, he, and he would always talk about it. That's you know, you talk to when I would talk to Nick Williams and Lafleur, they would talk about that style, like coming into the building every day, just the way everything was kind of handled from the player perspective. Um, so, I, I'm excited about uh, DQ being in Washington. What was the biggest issue with the Commanders' defense this year? I mean. Why were they giving up so many explosive plays? I did, I, listen, I'd be lying if I told you I've watched all the games to kind of understand and know. But at the end of the day, defense, team defense is about that, team defense. you got to communicate from the front end to the back end. Backers got to be in tune. they got to be communicating with the safeties. Because at the end of the day, outside of the superstars of the league, everybody's within that 1% to 5% range of being of talent difference, right? So it's all about like executing from the neck up with each other, communicating, putting your body in the right position. So, you know, the things that I was hearing is just that the scheme and the staff didn't necessarily fit what all the players were doing. And they wouldn't necessarily correct and adapt in real time during the game. Dan Quinn in his press conference today was asked about what he likes on this roster, pointed to the wide receivers and the D tackles. I mean, Besides that, they don't really have many building blocks. Yeah, I mean, what there, there are rumors about potentially uh, trading uh, Allen this past year, and they ended up going with Chase Young. So it shows you the, the one that they wanted to focus on and build around in Allen. And so I, I love the tackle. We're obviously deep at receiver. you got Scary Terry. And uh, what, what's the – how do – let me ask you a question. What do you think they're going to do at the quarterback position? I want to trade up to Caleb Williams. I just trade believe up. he's the man. You've got to do everything you can to get him. You're sold on Caleb Williams. I'm so sold on him. He's a local guy, too. DMV. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer Rattler. South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think Caleb Williams has all the talent in the world. Yeah. Uh, but the offensive line's got to get better because clearly even even with Sam back there, like, he got hit. The time I was checking, he was worse in the league. I don't know how he ended up, but he was getting touched all the time. So that obviously plays a factor. you got to build the old line and then, yeah, if you can make a big push on a quarterback – I think the boys will be sitting nice. I like it. Well, let me ask about you for a second, all right? Because obviously I'm a diehard Commanders fan, grew up in the area, loved seeing you on the team. But I've been obsessed with you blowing up in the media. I mean, is this something when you were playing you thought, I, I could be pretty good at this? Not necessarily media, but like my personality and everything else, like meshing with the boys in the locker room. Uh, I always wanted to do something, I guess, in the realm that I'm doing. I just didn't know at the time what it might be. I wanted to be around ball. Like if I wasn't doing this, I'd be coaching. Um, just because I love the influence factor, connecting with everybody, like being in it, camaraderie, like that's my favorite part. Uh, but yeah, no, now that we're doing this with the podcast, partner with Barstool, like, dude, it's, we live the best life right now. So, I, like, I have so much fun and I, I'm excited for the commanders to be good again because I feel like I, once you leave, once I left that area, then obviously the dark cloud was over with Snyder, right. that whole regime and everything else. Coach Gruden, like that staff, unfortunately, you wish you could leave a place better than you found it and that they would still be the staff and everything else, but our generation couldn't get it done. So now being enough removed out of it and coming back around like onto the, yeah, I want to see the commanders do well. I want to see Washington do well versus the bitterness of the business that would happen when everybody splits up. Uh, so I'm like rooting for the commanders and it's going to be fun to watch. I hope we get out there for training camp, get the bus out there, get Hell some yeah. interviews in, have some fun. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for the time. Dude, thank you, brother. Yeah, bro. That was Will Compton, former Commanders linebacker, current 
podcast host, Bustin' with the Boys on the Barstool Sports Network. You just heard his thoughts on Dan Quinn. What are your expectations for year one? Dan Quinn in charge of the Washington Commanders. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Will he be able to turn it around? Can they improve from this past season? Did Washington get the higher right? Or did you have your eyes set on a Mike Rabel, a Bill Belichick? Maybe you're like Michael Phillips here. Not a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury. We want to hear from you, Commanders fans, here on the home for the Commanders in Richmond, Virginia, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. What are your expectations for year one under Dan Quinn? It's the Richmond Commander coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Vegas. The Bud Light Big Game Week, MP from MP on the mic hanging out with us, Michael Phillips. I mean, this place is is starting to get really packed. Every day is better than the day before it, and every day has been very good. Yeah, so we've got this bounty wingman thing going over there. You've been telling me you are scouting that out. As soon as the wings come out, you're heading over there. Here's what I know. The the bounty people, it's the quilted quicker picker upper, uh, (laughs) they they have this thing where, like, they're going to give out wings to the media and bounty paper towels. Be like, hey, you have some wings. You want to have some bounty? Yeah. Whoever thought this up does not know sports media. Right, right. The amount of wings they would need to produce to actually satisfy the demand in this room. There's over 100 media outlets in this room, most of them with multiple people like us. The amount of wings they would actually need to produce, I promise you, is far greater than the number of wings that are going to be produced. Over I went today. over there as soon as my show ended yesterday. There were five happy people. And there are about 100 people upset because they were done serving wings. Such a lock. Yeah, Such absolutely. a lock. All right, so we wanted to play some of the clips from <coughs> from the NFL opening ceremony for the Super Bowl from Allegiant Stadium last night. That was my first time there, Michael. I was really blown away by that stadium. A lot of people called it the Death Star. You called it the Giant the Roomba. Roomba. Big Roomba. Uh, I, I liked how you can kind of just recognize it right away. And then once you get in there, it is really cool. I mean, the access that we got to go on the field was incredible. Kyle Shanahan was one of the people that was at the podium. Of course, you had both head coaches plus 10 players for each team. And Kyle was asked about the Washington Commanders. Hiring Adam Peters, who he worked with in San Francisco, and Dan Quinn, who he worked with in Atlanta. Here's Kyle Shanahan on the Commanders. I'm so pumped for Dan. I'm so pumped for Washington. Dan's a hell of a coach. They got a hell of a one. I know they've gone through a lot of stuff in these last 20 years, but having AP and DQ is as good as it gets. Like Dan taught me so much in Atlanta. I'm very grateful for how much he's um, helped my career and him and Stacy and just what he's going to do for their organization. Um, knowing Adam, knowing Jen, like they're set up very well. What do you make of those comments, What's Michael? That? I mean. I'm happy that the water's starting to go under the bridge with the ownership change and everything. Yeah, like yeah. You, you, he would never have complimented a Dan Snyder hire, right? Right. Uh, just the fact that he was willing to say, "I like what they're doing there. I like those people." I'm just glad there's a thawing there because that's you know that that's important to, to maintain good relationships. We're certainly in this honeymoon phase here of the not just Adam Peters hire, but the change of ownership with Josh Harris, where everybody's kind of 
around NFL circles fired up for what's going on in Washington. Because I will say, it's great for the league when Washington's competitive. Absolutely. And they have not been competitive. You, you talk about the NFL as a whole, right? The, the TV deals and the marquee games, they've introduced so many more primetime television slots. Thursday nights, now Friday night in Brazil, uh, you know, Saturday afternoons, Saturday nights, uh, doubleheader Mondays. There's so many more windows that call for great matchups. If all four NFC East teams are relevant, that every NFC East game, is an instant primetime game. How many of these Giants-Commanders games have we been playing at 1 o'clock on Fox in front of an audience of friends and family in both cities? Like, that's bad for the league. Absolutely. Uh, So Dan Quinn gets hired as the next head coach of the Washington Commanders, and we were out and about looking for people with either a Commanders or a Dan Quinn connection. You told me, chase down Randy Gregory. I did. So Gregory's situation is he was in Dallas and then kind of like had to have that change of scenery situation. Right? He, was a, he may have been a change of scenery guy. Yeah, yeah. It was it was an interesting vibe speaking with him. A lot of the reporters were asking him about, you know, the reputation that he has around the league of like not a really good guy, yeah. which is kind of interesting. But then you gave him a chance to be a good guy. I did. I threw him on the spot. I said, explain what you think about Dan Quinn. Let's take a listen to Randy Gregory on the commander's new head coach. Randy, congratulations on getting to this game. Could you describe Dan Quinn's defense for me? Describe his defense for yeah. me? Uh, I can say a lot about that. I can give you a whole list. Um, Dan Quinn's a great guy, great coach. Happy for him in, in, in Washington, his new hire. Obviously, I'm here playing Super Bowl for a whole different team. So, so, so. happy for the hire. So, but uh, wanted to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, I, I had to squeeze it in there, though. But it, it seemed like he was a guy that was excited for Dan Quinn and enjoyed working with him. We wish him nothing but the best. We won't be working together at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you thought that interview was awkward, uh, should we do the Adam Schefter clip, or should I should I set this up a little bit? Here? I've never been more excited for a segment of this program than I am for this one. This is just, I mean, this is such gold. Right, so... Uh, let me give a little background here, paint the picture. Obviously, uh, been doing this show for two years now. I'm very comfortable doing any interview live on this radio show. When we're in this platform, when I can control the microphone, all that good stuff. When I've been prepping, right? I do so much prep every single night, three hours before the show, three hours after the show, making sure that I'm not just you know spewing nonsense, that I actually have facts and information about the D.C. sports teams that I love. This was my first Radio Row experience. This was my first Super Bowl opening ceremonies, and... I was just blown away with the amount of people that were there that were NFL insiders. I mean, you had Tom Peloroso going around. You had Ian Rappaport doing hits. We spoke with Diana Rossini. Then all of a sudden, I see a little man in a suit. And I don't want to be mean to him, but I was blown away with how tiny Adam Schefter was. <laughs> like, dude. I, and yet he's still taller than Rapp. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's very true. The rap is, that, is that how you'd be good at a, as an NFL insider? There's two NFL insiders. They're, they're both... Uh, they're both short men. They're both four-footers. They're know? both short men. Uh, but, you know, Adam Schefter was actually really nice. Agreed to do uh, a few seconds with me here. You could tell he <laughs> didn't want to have this conversation. Uh, he didn't want to answer any of my questions. But let's roll the tape. Here is Adam Epstein with NFL insider Adam Schefter. Adam Epstein, 910 The Fan, here with Adam Schefter. How close were the commanders to getting Bill Belichick? Yeah, that, you have to ask them that question. How do you feel about Dan Quinn coming to Washington? 
Dan Quinn has been a upbeat, positive guy for a long period of time, and commanders feel like they're very happy to have him. How do you feel about people that say you can't win with a defensive-minded coach? Uh, I would say there are enough defensive coaches who won in the league that that's not always the truth. I didn't know what I wanted to ask him. I just knew I wanted to ask him something. And, uh, I mean, you have to ask them that question. That was his response to Bill Belichick. You have to ask them that. I thought you were the insider, Adam Schefter. You're the dog that caught the car. You didn't know what to do with it. You've been chasing the car around the neighborhood. You finally caught it. You didn't know what to do with it. I mean, I didn't know what to say, you know. Uh, Three rapid-fire questions. Gave me an okay soundbite. No, nothing great, but you know what? That was, that's an exclusive right there. That that was an AWOD radio exclusive <laughs> copyright trademark. Don't even think about using that on your program without the express written consent of AWOD and the National Football League. Should we run it back for those that might have missed it? It happened quickly. Yeah, it was <laughs> awkward. Here's Adam Epstein once again talking with NFL insider Adam Schefter. <laughs> Adam Epstein, 910 The Fan, here with Adam Schefter. How close were the commanders to getting Bill Belichick? Yeah, that, you have to ask them that question. How do you feel about Dan Quinn? All right, that's a walk? dong. Dan Quinn has been a upbeat, positive guy for a long period of time, and commanders feel like they're very happy to have him. How do you feel about people that say you can't be a defensive-minded coach? Uh, it's this pause for me. I'd say there are enough defensive coaches who won in the league that that's not always the truth. That yeah. pause was three yeah. times as long. I had to cut it down so there wasn't dead air. He paused for so long in the last question. I, I, oh, no. Is that bad? No. In the pl- in the <laughs> playback, I thought that was not the length of the original pause. Uh, Stubb, if you could please pull the length of the original <laughs> pause uh, in the Adam Schefter clip. I want... I, that will trigger the dread, dead air warning or whatever it is. Yeah. But we, we have to do it. We have to Hold live on. in the awkwardness of the pause. Michael, do you blame me for the question, though? Because that's the thing everyone's been saying, you know, especially Grant Pulses. You just can't win in the league right now with a defensive-minded coach. I, I just want to say this to, to the AWOD Nation. It was a fair question. Thank you. Let's it, roll the tape. It was a fair question. How do you feel about <laughs> people that say you can't Are win with a defensive-minded coach? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say there are enough defensive I'm coaches cringing. who won in the league. That, it's such a long pause. It's incredible. <laughs> it's a it's a long pause, and then it's an uh. Did he really just ask me that? Oh my goodness! And then it's a. I have to come up with an answer. I like he he is a professional television guy, and you stumped him. Good work. I Good I guess work. I stumped him. You stumped Schefter. <laughs> Remember stumped the Schwab? He's, yeah. He's stumped yeah. Shefty. You know what? Schwabby might be here. That's oh. a guy that could be around radio. Right? I would love to get Schwab. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was yeah. a great show. Yeah. He, he's like a cult hero, I guess is the term. Like He's not mainstream, but the people who know him like respect him. Yeah. That was bad fanboying out over having Derek Stevens here. Right. Like That guy is, a, is an American innovator. Yeah. He, you, know, you know who I tried to get in a question with was the uh, owner of the Raiders was there. Did you see I posted on social media? Uh, Mark Davis? Yes. I, it was the closest I've ever been to a billionaire. And he did not look that good. <laughs> he, he, what's his deal? He he has the, the van. He's got the old van. He's got the weird haircut. Weird haircut. Um, and he and wears T-shirts and jeans, basically. Eats at P.F. Chang's every day for lunch. Is I that didn't know that. A, <laughs> at one point, that was a thing. Had, ate at P.F. Chang's every day for That's lunch. That's like Jerry Jones used to have, what, like a, a, Mick, uh, a McMuffin every morning right? uh, or something like that. Warren, or Griddle or something. Warren Buffett, Dairy Queen, something like that. Yeah. Warren Buffett's got a Dairy Queen thing. Uh, I got a pizza thing. I mean, that's my thing. 1997 Dodge Caravan, when he lived in Oakland, uh, he had a his own seat 
at the bar at P.F. Chang's. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that, that was his move, yeah. You're listening to the Bud Light Big Game Week 5 live shows here from Radio Row in Vegas. Michael, let's get to the big game. Let's break down the Super Bowl matchup, 49ers and Chiefs. I'll play my conversation with Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It's the Bud Light Big Game Week 5 live shows here from Radio Row in Vegas. Always available around the country on the go with the Odyssey app. Download it today and search 910 The Fan to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. You can rewind to hear Michael Phillips MP on the mic from 10 to noon and I mean, let's just talk about the star power in this matchup for a second here on both sides, right? You've got Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs, two-time Super Bowl winner. I I mean, just an ultimate winner in this league. It just feels like he's a guy that if you get him the ball with two minutes left and you need points on the board, he's going to get it done more often than not. Quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy, started as Mr. Irrelevant, now is much more than a game manager. Like, that was a topic yesterday on Radio Row, was a lot of people asking other NFL insiders and his teammates about why Brock Purdy's much more than just a game manager. Dude, Brock Purdy gave sports radio the greatest postseason of all time. Like, he he both stunk and was amazing (laughs) and delivered in the key moments and also was carried by his team and isn't actually all that. Like, he accomplished it all in, in the span of, like, three games. He That run against Detroit, the 30-yard scamper and the slide, incredible. Like, the, I mean, that is top-tier elite quarterback play. Some of his throws early in the game against the Packers, he was a bum. Yeah, and then you move to the running backs there, and obviously – with Brock Purdy, you team him up with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that that that'll do. That's pretty good. Goodness. McCaffrey, one of the elite running backs in the history of the league, just because he can catch the ball out of the backfield so well. Can right? I give Can I give you a question? Uh, Mahomes is better than Purdy, and it's yes. not it's not close. Would you trade the eleven Chiefs offensive starters for the eleven? 49ers starters. You get Kittle. You get McCaffrey. You get Debo. No. You get Juszczyk. No. You get Trent. You get the offensive line. Uh, would you trade those 10 for the one the other way? I'm not. I'm not doing that because I just think Travis Kelsey is such a difference maker. Now, like, here's the interesting thing is that I think you could also argue this might be the best tight end matchup we've ever had in a Super Bowl with George Kittle and uh, and Travis Kelsey. Maybe you could argue, I think the Falcons, did they still have an old Tony Gonzalez going against Gronk or something like that? Um, well, let me look that up because that, that was what came to my mind too. Was yeah. uh, Obviously, uh, Gronk was, you know, uh, I mean, he was he's probably still number one. I, I get that, you know. The- well, Travis Kelsey and Mahomes have passed Brady yeah. and Gronkowski, yeah. but I just don't know if you have the highlight plays. Like Gronk stiff-arming people and running 60 yards down the field. Gronk changed the game in a, uh, in, in a big-time way. Tony Gonzalez only played in seven playoff games in his career. And was not involved in the 28-3 debacle? Uh Tony Gonzalez did not play in the Super Bowl. Oh, no. Interesting. Uh, how about that? Yeah. yeah. Atlanta Falcons, he, he left in, 20, in 2012, which would have been a year before the Super Bowl run. So Tony Gonzalez did not play in that Super Bowl. We're going to have to find a Gronk versus matchup if we're going to have any shot of competing with Kittle and Kelsey. Yeah, wide receivers. Uh, 
the 49ers get the edge in that. But at the same time, edge. when you have Patrick Mahomes, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a good game, if Rashi Rice had a game where he's over 100 yards. You know, when you have the advantage at the quarterback position, it masks some of the fact that your wide receivers aren't as talented. It does. Uh, it, Mahomes covers over a lot of weaknesses there. Uh, at the same time, though, the Niners' talent is so good, they lift Purdy into the level where we're asking, you know, is he one of the best quarterbacks in football? No, he's not. But the talent's so good, they're lifting him to that point. It's an interesting discussion, right, because you get – they're a little more like if Patrick Mahomes ever got hurt in a season, the Chiefs will not win that season. Right. It'd be like that, you know, it, it it'd be over for them. Yeah, um, you you can withstand a little more on the San Francisco side because there's so many weapons. Obviously, they pushed that to the limit last year. Ended up Josh Johnson playing against the Eagles in the title game or whatever it was. Uh, you can't go that far, uh, but it gives you a little more room to know you'll be competitive every year. But give me greatness any day of the week. Defensive side of the ball, who do you give the edge to, 49ers or Chiefs? I give the edge to the Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I don't think they've been punched in the mouth like they're about to be, though. I, I, your, your chat with Spags, um, you know, you, you got some great insight out of him. Uh, it's To me, it, it's about can you be physical because they haven't – they haven't had to be this physical before. The Ravens are not a physical team. That's a finesse team with Lamar moving around and getting into space. The Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. Josh Allen's got legs. Josh Allen can move. That's not a physical football team. This will be the most physical game they've played. I would point you back to that Christmas game against the Raiders. Mm. The Raiders out physical the Chiefs on their way to victory. I think that's a 49ers path to success here. I agree with you. The 49ers have the better defense, but Bosa is such a game wrecker that – I think some people could pick the 49ers, say they have the better defense in this matchup here just because of how lights out he can be. But Chase Young? No. <laughs> Chase Young didn't want to talk to me yesterday. Chase Young didn't want to talk to you? Didn't want to talk to me. Really? Yeah, I said, hi, I'm Adam Epstein, 910 The Fan. He said, who? And then walked away as I was in the middle of my question. No! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no! Walked away. Ooh. But you know who stood, uh, you know, stayed to talk to me? Spags? Steve Spagnola. Let's take a listen to the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs prepare, preparing for the big game. Here's Coach Spagnola. Coach, with all the talent that they have, McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, how do you sleep at night, not staying yeah, up not, all night trying to game? I'm play? not sleeping very well. Yeah. Uh, it's a good thing we had two weeks, although they got two weeks too, so it makes it, it gives them that, that much more time. But they're, they're impressive, and uh, we got to find a way to slow them down. I don't think you stop a team like this because they're going to find a way to move the ball. We just got to make sure we don't give up explosive plays and try to keep the point total down so that Patrick can find a way to get one more than they have. And what difficulties do a guy like McCaffrey, who can not just run it but catch it out of the backfield, cause yeah. your defense? Well, that's always going to give you a problem. But I think our guys, we got some linebackers that we hope can, you know, negate that a little bit with speed. He's a tough cover. We're going to need more than one guy to do it. So all eyes will be on number 23. And you were explaining what makes Andy Reid so special, that he stays even with the players. Can you yeah. give me more details on that? No, nah, just that he's rock solid. Like he's, He just has this unique ability that even when it gets really, really tough or things are really, really challenging, he's just a steady, steady person. And I think in this business where there are a lot of ups and downs, uh, talking about players, coaches, when you know somebody at the top is that rock solid, it makes a big, big difference. How good does it feel when your defense gets a stop with two minutes left and you know you have Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, that's big. Anytime you can get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, that's a good thing. That's Thanks our goal. Time, you got it. Coach. That is Steve Spagnola, your defense coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. 
He's got a big task on his hand this week. Got a game plan to stop the high-powered offense of the San Francisco 49ers. Not only does he have to worry about Christian McCaffrey, but Debo Samuel, Brock Purdy, uh, of course, Brandon Ayuk can make a play. Uh, you know, Juszczyk, we, we've seen him involved not just as a fullback, but a, a pass catcher as well. It's going to be a lot of fun this Sunday. Yes, you're listening to the Bud Light Big Game Week live from Radio Row here in Vegas. It is a VCU game day back in Richmond. UVA got a victory last night. Let's go around college hoops in the state of Virginia with University Drive coming up next on the band. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM for the Bud Light Big Game Week 5 live shows here from Radio Row in Vegas. Joining us right now from our sister station, 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. Check them out weekdays from 10 to 2 alongside Brian Mitchell. It's J.P. Finley. What's going on, J.P.? AWOD, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm good, man. I think this is the first time I've had you on the show, man. Well... Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you for saying yes, dude. No problem, man. Uh, I had to walk about 10 feet. Right. But you did book me right as I got my free chicken wings that you guys have already <laughs> eaten. So I, I am a little, I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel you on that. Michael's been chowing down on his wings right in front of me. Whose so, bang bag is that? I think that's Michael's. That's a cool looking bag. Let me see this bag. Oh, yeah, that's Michael's bag. That's a cool-looking bag, yeah. Philly. Yeah, right? That's a that's a newspaper guy's bag. Sure, sure. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. Michael's not very high on Cliff Kingsbury. How are you? Probably higher than Phillips. Um, I don't know that the offense is going to run particularly well, but I like Cliff because he speaks quarterback. Okay. And that's what's most important. His track record developing these young quarterbacks is strong. His relationships with these guys and, and I think folks got to be honest the the odds are overwhelmingly against whoever gets drafted to come in and perform like CJ Stroud odds are right most of the time rookie quarterbacks struggle and you need the right guy in their corner for that and I think Cliff can be that and that to me is why I like to hire I, I don't I don't think Kingsbury should be sniffing another head coaching opportunity but I, I think an OC spot could work um now, do they have the staff, do they have the team, the players, the personnel to build for what Kingsbury wants? I don't know, but we'll find that out. I mean, they were going to overhaul it anyway. Um, I think because of kind of their timing in this coaching cycle, it was never going to – it was always – it wasn't going to be the hottest name because of where they were in line, basically. You know, the biggest critique for Kingsbury has been he doesn't adjust – his offense, he was 7-0 and with Kyler Murray. That season fell apart. But I think part of the reason why he had trouble adjusting was the head coaching role was just too much for him. I think he will be able to adjust just focusing in on the offense. I, that's the hope. I yeah. mean, I imagine when we talk to him, that's what he'll say. Yeah. I, I, think, um, I think we'll see if that's true. Like, it's, You can always explain away why something didn't happen and say I'm going to do it differently next time. But until it goes differently, you don't know that it's going to happen. J.P. Finley with us here, Radio Row. Check out B. Mitch and Finley on 106.7 The Fan. Always available on the Odyssey app. Have you gone on record which quarterback you'd like the commanders to take? I I don't want to trade up. I don't think they should trade up. Okay. I think Caleb will go number one. So assuming Caleb's not available, if the choice is Jaden or Drake, I'm on Jaden. Okay. If Caleb is available without trading up, 
then you take Caleb Williams. So I'm I'm with you there on Jaden. I do fear the DC kid coming back to DC, but the talent I think is just too. I not trading up if he's there at two probably means Jaden goes one. I think, mm-hmm. and and I would go Caleb. So you're you're against trading up, just completely. Yeah. Okay. I because I just think Caleb is the sure home run. I think he was till this past season. Like, if you had told me that last year, I'd be like, ah, you know, I get it. Yeah. I question when you're 21 years old and probably making eight mil, and you're living in Los Angeles, and you're just you're experiencing life at a different plane. Right. I I don't know how you then buy into a new team structure back at home where you got a million people asking you for a million things. I just I don't I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, it, it it gives me pause. It's definitely the difficult part of the decision the commanders are going to make. We've been talking about also, you know, whether it's Drake May, Jane Daniels, or Caleb Williams, do they start week one? Well, if they don't, is it Sam? I mean there's um, no other option, right? There's no other option right now. Yeah, that doesn't mean there's no other option. Um, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be what well, and what are you? What is, Dan Quinn doesn't want to call it a rebuild. It's a recalibration. Finding yeah. true north. <laughs> if you're starting that kid, you're pro- what? This is probably available. Do we know a win total for them for next year yet? We it have, might not be set yet. We talked about it earlier on five the show. and a half. Oh, at six and a half? Take the under. Yeah. I, I mean, last place schedule. sure, last place schedule, and they're playing the NFC South instead. Of, like, I, I, I get all those things. But I, I don't think last year was all Ron Rivera, the coach. I think the, the personnel accumulated in Ashburn ain't exactly top-notch. And, yeah. and I think the real organizational overhaul that needs to be done, I mean, that's – the one thing I keep circling back to is not that wild about Quinn, although he impressed me more in person, yep. and I get the energy and the momentum he can bring. Not that wild about Kingsbury, though I really like that I think he can help a quarterback. But, like, Ron, the personnel guy, was bad, and Adam Peters walks into a bad situation, but it's because of Adam Peters that I have some excitement for the rebuild. But I think... Dude, the first two years in San Fran, I know we're out here for the Super Bowl, and Brock Purdy and Trent and Debo and Warner, they won 10 games in two years. And I think they won five in a row to end the second season once they finally traded for Jimmy G. Yeah. So I think if you're really doing this right, which Peters and Harris seem committed to, I think they're going to stink. And it's a trust the process, build in the draft, and then in three years you're competitive. How about this? Who on the defensive side of the ball benefits most from Dan Quinn? a great question um maybe jamin davis gets a a reset that's what i was going with michael went with benjamin st juiced i think it's actually forbes okay but i I think forbes might be a joe more more even a direct to joe witt line um the cowboys have really had good players in the secondary and it wasn't all uh who's the kid the Seahawks Witherspoon right yeah, yeah, like yeah. that dude was a surefire stud and they drafted him top 10 like Dallas developed these dudes and I think whether or not they reached for Forbes when Gonzalez was still on the board Forbes was considered a first round pick by the whole league maybe the whole league was wrong maybe he shouldn't have gone 16 maybe he's more a 25 30 second round or whatever they took him at 16 
He has elite speed. The whole league knew how skinny he was. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not like that was a secret. Yeah. So, I... I maybe something there Maybe still. it's wishful thinking, but, like, with... And also, look at what he was brought into. Them losing Chris Harris, I guess two years ago now, and promoting Brett Wieselmeyer, everybody on that secondary took a step back. Mm-hmm. The Everything was... Uh, Wieselmeyer, outside of working for Jack Del Rio, has largely worked on the high school and kind of junior college level and then all of a sudden he's the position coach that's a big swing man and for a rookie coming into that who's undersized and early on seemed fairly unwilling to be very physical that's a lot to try to figure out so maybe a hard reset for Forbes could do a lot of good JP the other interesting thing in the press conference yesterday with Dan Quinn Michael has a problem with him not calling the defense what do you think about that I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand what he's saying. Like, what is a CEO head coach done, and how, how is that successful? You know, I mean, Dan Campbell doesn't call anything. John Harbaugh doesn't call anything. He brought up Harbaugh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, Andy Reid at various times has and has not called plays. I care I care a lot more if it's offense, honestly. Okay. Calling the plays on defense, I, sure, there's blitzes and stuff, but, like, what do the numbers tell you? 85% of the time they're in nickel or dime? Like, uh, I think I think more defensive work is done during the week developing the game plan for the specific opponent, and my guess is DQ will be heavily involved in that. And I think, you know, Joe Witt's probably going to be up in the booth. Frankly, I think you're better off calling defense from up in the booth. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that. That's just speculation. I know Witt has worked in the booth. Um, Of all my concerns, Dan Quinn not calling the defensive plays isn't high among them. JP, thanks for stopping by, man. Really appreciate it. What are you looking forward to doing most the rest of the week, man? That I can say on the radio? (laughs) Um, What's that? Sphere. Yeah, we're going to the – are you going to the Sphere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, probably the Sphere. Um I'm also. I need to like just sit down and play some blackjack at some point. I haven't done that yet. Right now, what I'm looking forward to most is eating these free wings. <laughs> that the uh, who's giving us these wings? The bounty paper towel people. Yeah. Shout out to Bounty. <laughs> <laughs> That's JP Finley. Check him out. B Mitch and Finley on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the Fan.